Hi, this is Pastor Curtis. I want to thank you for checking out the Family Church Podcast. I hope it encourages you and inspires you to take your next step of faith. You can find out more about how to do that at our website, familychurch.xyz. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this message, please forward it on to them. I hope you enjoy the message. Welcome back to all of our eCampus church as well. But, uh, but no, it, it is good to see everyone. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, I missed you. You're looking good. <laughs> now, now turn to the person on the other side, your second choice, and say, I, I sort of missed you too, I guess. Year in and year out, far and away, the number one question that people have about their, their faith, their relationship with God, hands down, there's not even a close second the most asked question that people is, have is, how do I hear the voice of God? Sometimes it's packaged a little bit differently. Sometimes it's packaged this way, how do I know God's will? But if you think about it, it's the same question because to know God's will, you got to be able to hear him speak to you, right? So it's basically the same question. So, so how exactly does that work? We talk about God speaking to us. I mean, how does that work? You ever thought about that? I mean, does he speak audibly? How do you, did you read his lips? Seriously, how, how do we know when God is speaking to us? Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, underscored the importance of hearing from God when he said this in Proverbs 3, verse 6. He said, listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go, because he's the one who will keep you on track. How many are all for keeping on track? I want to stay on track, right? We're beginning a brand new series this morning titled Frequency, and the goal of the objective of the series is to help us learn to hear the voice of God and even the different ways that God does speak to us. And the big idea is simply this right here. Our struggle to hear from God isn't a speaking issue. It's a listening issue. It's a listening issue. And, and Jesus made this very clear in a parable he told once when, when he gave us specific reasons why people, why we have a hard time hearing God speak. It's found in Luke chapter 8. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to begin reading at the end of the parable, and then we're going to go back through and read the parable together. But I'm beginning at the end of the parable because this is one of the, the few times when Jesus actually explained the parable right after telling it. He didn't always do that. He only did it on a handful of occasions. And he did it here in this particular case because I believe he felt like this was important. But he made a statement when he began to explain the parable to his disciples and to the crowd and, and, and I want us to, to underscore this statement because if you miss this, you're, you're always going to struggle in hearing from God. In Luke chapter 8, verse 8, after telling the parable, Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That phrase, ears to hear, is the key to understanding our struggle with hearing God speak because it shows us that God doesn't have a speaking problem. It shows us that we have a hearing problem. So let's go back to the beginning of the, the parable now and, and go through and let Jesus explain some of the different reasons why we have a hard time hearing from God. Back up to verse 5, Luke 8, verse 5. Jesus begins, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. So he begins by using this, this agricultural story, which, which everyone hearing that in real time would have understood because they lived in an agri agriculturally driven economy. So everyone kind of knew what he was talking about here. Talked about a farmer that went out scattering seeds and, and, and some of the seeds uh, fell along the, the pathway and, and, and some of them got trampled on, I said, and some birds came along and ate the seed. The idea being some of the seeds got stolen from where they were intended to land. And then he gives us this, this, the second scenario in verse 6. 
Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. So, so here we're told that, that the seeds fall in areas of the ground that had, had, had rocks. And so, so in other words, the seeds had some competition, things that were preventing them from taking up root and growing and maturing. And it says, so some seeds got stolen before they had a chance to grow. Some things had, some seeds had things competing with their ability to take up root and grow. And then Jesus gives us a third scenario in verse seven. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. One translation says the seeds grew surrounded by weeds. And then Jesus gives us one last scenario in verse eight. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. So here's the idea on, on this uh, point. Uh, when the soil's good, when it's properly prepared, then the seeds will grow and they'll do very well. And then he concluded the parable with this statement. When he said this, he called out, and here's our statement again, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. So Jesus is clear about the fact that when it comes to hearing from God, the problem isn't with God. The problem is with us. It's not that God's not speaking. It's that we're not listening or we're unable to hear what he's saying to us. God's words aren't landing on the right place. Jesus continues in verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. And so this is where he begins to explain the parable. The seed is the word of God. Oh, wait, hold, hold it. Time out, time out, time out. Isn't the Bible the word of God? I mean, they, they, and they didn't have the Bible at that time. I mean, they had the Old Testament, right? Uh, actually, they had something better than the Bible. They had the word. Now, think about this. Don't try to figure it out or break it down because you'll blow a fuse trying to do this. But they had the word speaking the word, which is pretty amazing when you think about it, right? But Jesus then explains some different reasons why people aren't able to hear God speak. And they all have to do with the condition of our heart. And, and you, me, every single one of us fall into one of these scenarios. Verse 12, he says, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Now, in the parable, he used the metaphor of birds, but he's talking about the devil. He's talking about the devil. The point being, every time, now listen, every time God tries to speak to you, the devil, count on it, the devil's going to be right there trying to hinder you from hearing what God is saying to you or try to confuse you as to what God is saying to you. So, so let's call this first scenario, this first reason why we have a hard time hearing God speak is because of what I'm calling a polluted heart, a polluted heart. We, we all have some junk, some clutter in our heart that prevents us from hearing God speak to us. That, that's not said lovelessly, so don't, don't get mad at me. I've got junk in my heart, just like you have junk in your heart. We all have junk in our heart. But this is something that the devil, your adversary, my adversary does to keep us from hearing God speak to us. And this clutter, this pollution comes in two different forms. First, there's pollution that we did to ourselves. <laughs> Things that we do, choices that we make that fill our heart with, with worldly and sinful things. Look, we all sin, right? The Bible's clear about that. That this isn't, I'm not, I'm not, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you need to be sinless before you can hear from God. That's not the point. The point here is simply this, that there's sin and there's unconfessed sin. It's that unconfessed sin that'll get you. It's that unconfessed sin that will prevent you from hearing God speak to you. And, and that's, that's, what, that's, what God's, that's what Jesus is talking about here. So make sure if you have unrepentant sin, deal with it. 
because it will hinder your ability to hear from God. So pollution that we did to ourselves. The second type of pollution is pollution from other people. Anytime that we set ourselves to try and hear God speak to us, you can count on the devil trying to stir things up somewhere in your network of relationships, and he's going to try and get you sidetracked. And this usually happens in our network of relationships uh, that are close to us, like marriage and family and, and children, right? Yeah, that's right. Sometimes God will use your spouse, your husband, or your wife to keep you from hearing from God. People, people say, really? God, God will use my husband? See, someone who asks that, they haven't been married very long. I got the best wife in the world, but she'll, she'll admit that there are times yeah, that she looks back, the enemy has used her to get me sidetracked from hearing, and I probably do it more with her than she with me. But look, your, your enemy's got his, his agendas threefold. You know this, John 10, 10. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he wants to do. And he'll do anything and use anyone to try to bring that about. And if he can't do it through your family, he'll use someone else, someone, like, someone at work, maybe a neighbor. See, that's the thing about the devil. He's an equal opportunity troublemaker. He'll use anyone and anything. Recently, an accusation was made against me that being honest, it was hurtful. Uh, it was hurtful because the accusation struck not just at the core of my call as a minister, but also my character as, as a pastor. I, I knew it wasn't true, and I'm confident that people that know me uh, would also recognize that it wasn't true. But every time I thought I'd release it to God, I'd find myself, my mind gravitating back towards that. I go, I go on a prayer walk every morning. I think I, I shared that with you. And, and so a couple days after this had happened, I went out on my prayer walk and uh, I was looked at my Fitbit 20 minutes later. And I usually use the Lord's prayer kind of as my template to kind of go through and, you know, pray for the, these different things. 20 minutes into my walk, I realized I hadn't, I hadn't even started my prayer routine because my mind got sidetracked by this accusation that was made against me. So yeah, it worked. It worked. You know, score one for the devil there. It worked in that particular case, right? So understand that, that sometimes God will use other people to, to get you sidetracked any way that he can. And here's the thing. God's doing some amazing things in, in family church, and we're going to be sharing some of these things in the next few weeks. And so it is imperative that I'm able to hear from God right now. And the enemy doesn't want me hearing from God right now. So he does things like that. He does things like that. So the first heart condition Jesus addresses is the polluted heart. The second heart condition Jesus addresses is what he calls rocky soil. Let's read it in verse 13, Luke 8, 13. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while and then they fall away when they face temptation. So here we see how sometimes people will hear and receive God's word but because of, of immaturity, because when, when something comes along that competed with you hearing God's word, you gave in to the temptation rather than holding on to God's word. Like those times that you leave here on a Sunday morning, or maybe our e-campus church, you, you watch a, a message some Sunday morning, and you walk away thinking, man, that was the best sermon I ever heard, which I'm thinking probably happens a lot here. <laughs> Hello? Anyway, but anyway, you leave here, you're all spiritually jacked up, you know, you're, you're, you're good to go for the week. And then a couple hours later, somehow, you know, you got into an argument with your wife or one of the kids or Mahomes threw three more interceptions or something. And, and then before you know it, you've lost that, that, that high, that, that confidence of, that, that you had. That's the enemy, folks. That's the devil. He's trying to rob you of that. This is what I'm calling the distracted heart. You've got the polluted heart. 
and then the distracted heart. And the thing about distractions, now think about this. Distractions aren't all bad. Distractions aren't always bad. But the, if, if, the, if the goal is to hear from God and distractions are preventing you from hearing from God, then at that point, I'm sorry, they're bad. You need, you need to get that figured out. You need to figure out what, what, you know, what is a legitimate distraction and what is an illegitimate distraction. Because if you're trying to hear from God and you're distracted, then that's not a good thing. And for me, just being very honest, probably my biggest distraction is my smartphone. And I think probably many of you would, would agree with, as well that, that that's probably your biggest distraction. Thank God for technology. I'm not anti-technology. I like the convenience of being able to open up the YouVersion Bible app. And, and, and when we do a study together as a church or with a group, you know, some, I like being able to do that. And I like being able to, you know, put, you know, do a worship list on Spotify and then, you know, listen to that sometimes. You know, I like being, so I'm not anti-technology, but sometimes too much is, is too much. Statistics tell us that kids 8 to 18, and maybe you've heard this, kids 8 to 18 are spending seven and a half hours a day, 53 hours a week on their smartphone. And it's easy to see how that can happen. How many times how many times have you started out just checking an email or something, and then you got sidetracked looking at one of those TikTok videos that went viral? And they're really funny. They really say, hey, honey, look at this, you know. And 45 minutes later, there you are still scrolling through. They're looking at that. Come on. Come on. Oftentimes, I'll, I'll be doing my daily Bible reading, and uh, uh, if, if I'm doing, use, using the YouVersion app, and, and, and you, know, you hear that, ping, you know, or something like that, and you know, if it's a text or an email, it's important. I got to check it. I got to know, right? See, that's how I'm wired. So what I did is I just, I, I don't, I, I, go, I kick it old school. I, I pull out my New American Standard Bible that I got back in 1976, and I pull that over, and I, and I kick it old school. I'll just do my Bible reading that way. And I just set my phone to the side. When I go on my prayer walk now, I leave my phone at home. Because I know if I hear that thing ping, you know, one of the kids is dying. I'm going to have to go do something. <laughs> right? But, but for me, that, that's how I get rid of these distractions. It's going to look different for everyone. I'm thinking for a lot of you, it's going to be your smartphone, though. But anyway, you need to figure that out. Get, get rid of the distractions. Get rid of the, again, not all distractions are bad, but if the goal is to hear from God, then you need to do whatever it takes to remove those distractions. You know, one time Jesus was visiting at the, at the house of some friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and, and while he was visiting with them, uh, he was kind of teaching. He was saying some things. So, so Mary and Martha, now watch this because this is important. Jesus was saying the same thing to both Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha both heard the same thing, but they had two different responses. What made the difference? The difference is one of them had ears to hear. Remember Jesus said, he who has ears to hear? One of them had ears to hear, and the other one got distracted. Let's read it, Luke 10, verse 39. She, talking about Martha, had a sister named Mary who, watch this next statement, seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. Verse 40, but Martha was very busy. And, and say this next word with me. Martha was distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern that my sister has left me to do the serving alone? Tell her to help me and do her part. Of course, Jesus mildly rebuked her, but his point was, no, 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 no. Look, I understand these are things that need to be done, but right now the important thing is to sit here and listen to what I have to say to you. That, that's the point of that story there. And as a pastor, this is, a, this is an easy trap for me to fall into at times because you know when I, when I become so focused on serving Jesus, that I forget there's times he just wants to talk to me. I say, Lord, I got, no, 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 no. Just, but Lord, I got, no, 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 no. 
you know? Sometimes he just wants to hang out with you, you know? But that presupposes you're going to be able to hear from him, right? To hear God's voice, you're going to have to turn down the world's volume in some area. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. So a polluted heart will prevent you from hearing God's voice. A distracted heart will hinder you from hearing God's voice. And another type of heart that will hinder your ability to hear and receive God's word is a heart, what Jesus said, a heart full of thorns or weeds. Verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns or weeds. Now, the thing about weeds is you don't have to try and grow them, do you? They just show up and you can pull them. And two days later, boom, there they are again, right? And think about it. (laughs) What do weeds speak to? What do weeds speak to? What, what are weeds indicative of? When you drive by someone's house and see a bunch of weeds around the house, what do you think? What's the word that comes to mind? Let me help you out here. Uh, I'm thinking uh, maybe the word neglect. Isn't that kind of, you kind of think, you know, no judgment, right? I say no judgment because behind our house <laughs> used to be a couple of huge perennial beds that looked amazing in, from about the middle of June, end of June through middle of August. Looked amazing. But these puppies were 84 feet long by 16 feet wide. A lot of work. And to make matters worse, that was at a time in our lives when I was the recreation director. So in the spring, when you need to be out there preparing the, the beds, I was out at the ball fields and Sue was left to work on that all by herself. And honestly, it got, as we kind of transitioned to this season of life that we're in now, it did, you know, gain versus loss. Again, it looked beautiful, you know, for about six weeks, but man, the, the, the time you, we invested in that. So one time I was out mowing and Sue was out there in the perennial beds weeding. I stopped the mower, came in to get a drink. I walked back out. Sue stood up and said, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> Didn't you? I'm finished. I'm, I'm over it. And she has never pulled another weed out of that bed since then. And, you know, within a couple of months, it looked like Jurassic Park back there. And I'm sure many people drove by and thought of that word neglect. We, we, we were talking with the gal that lives down the street, road from us, goes to the Methodist church. I can't remember her name. We were at High Off the Press because she works up there. And one time we were talking about, because uh, we, we listed our house and she asked why. Sue said, because of weeds. She said, now let me get this straight. You're selling your house because of weeds. Well, yeah, kind of. Maybe that's another lesson there. Hey, when you're in the weeds, you don't think straight. (laughs) You know? But anyway, uh, all sorts of weeds. All sorts of weeds. But here's the thing. It's one thing to not care about a flower bed. It's another to not care about your relationship with God. To neglect or not care about your relationship with God is best described by this word. I'm saying immature. Immature. Let me explain. Neglect as it applies to this parable that Jesus is telling. You could say some of the seeds of God's word fell among neglect. Neglect caused by, and then Jesus mentions three things. It says that the seeds stands for those, the weeds stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And they do not, say this, this next word with me, mature. They do not mature, which leads us to the third type of heart, an immature heart. Polluted heart, distracted heart, 
and an immature heart will prevent you from hearing from God, hearing God speak. And spiritual immaturity, listen, dear one, spiritual immaturity isn't what you might think it is. The, the type of immaturity that Jesus is talking about here isn't our, a lack of knowledge of God's word or God's ways. No, this is the immaturity that's best described by the person who's satisfied with where they're at in their relationship with God and feels like they don't, they don't want to do anymore. Yeah, I'm going to heaven. Yeah, I'm going. So we're all, God and I are, are good. No. <laughs> Look, Jesus didn't die for you. So you could go to heaven. I mean, that's, that's the icing on the cake. But folks, he's got work for us to do. So to have that mindset of just, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven, I'm good to go. That, that's a very, I'm sorry, that's a very immature mentality to have, right? And you need to know that. You need to know that. We can't help advance his kingdom if we're not able to communicate with him. And so we got to learn to begin to communicate with him. So come on, it's time to grow up spiritually. John, join with us during, during the, these next three weeks of, of, of uh, 21 days of prayer. Jump in with us and, 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 and really engage with, with, with God. You know, I, I don't know, Pastor, I don't know if I can get up any earlier. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Why, do I, why should I get up? Because that's what mature people do. I'm sorry. Mature people get up, set aside some time with God, and hang out with God. That, that's how it works. Regardless of how busy, how tired you are. I want to show you this little video here. Don't you just hate those grandpas that shamelessly post videos and <laughs> pictures of their grandkids up there, you know? I don't expect Baker to engage with me in a sequential, logical manner, conversation. He's, he's not old enough to do that, right? But there's going to come a point where he's going to you know, have to learn to begin to talk. And frankly, some of you, you've been following Jesus for long enough. You should be able to engage with God in a sequential, logical conversation. You should be able to have a conversation with him. So if you're having a hard time hearing from God, it's not a speaking issue, it's a hearing issue, and that's on us. So come on, grow up. Can your pastor tell you that? Grow up. It's time to grow up. Some of you need to grow up. Start hearing more clearly from God. So how do we grow up? How do we do that, pastor? How do we mature spiritually? Well, being more intentional about pursuing spiritual disciplines, prayer and fasting, like the 21 days of prayer, that, that's certainly part of it. But it's interesting. The writer of Hebrews tells us another thing that we can do that's, that's huge in bringing our, our, our growth and maturity. It's found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The writer says, since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith. See, part, part of our maturing process comes when we begin to study and read the, in the Bible about those, those men and women of faith and, and just the struggles they had and how, God, how they trusted God through those and God brought them through that. But we can also learn from those examples of faith in the network of our own relationships, people that we know, people in our lives who have demonstrated a great faith and an ability to hear from God. See, these folks can be an encouragement to us. The writer continues, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and never give up. And then verse 2 says, we must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. Some of you need to get refocused on Jesus. How? Start being more intentional about doing those things that will help you focus on him. Things like joining a small group, things like coming to Family Guy on Wednesday mornings, guys, things like joining one of the ladies' uh, Bible studies. We've got three or four of them, gals. Uh, things like uh, joining just a growth group, 
Put yourself in an environment that will help you focus on Jesus. Engage with us during this 21 days of prayer. That will, I promise you, that will help you focus on Jesus as well. I want to put these two verses of, of Hebrews 12 back up there again. And I, want, I want you to look how I highlighted, highlighted all the plural pronouns. Since we are surrounded by so many examples of faith, we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially sin that distracts us. We must run the race that lies ahead of us and us and never give up. We must focus on Jesus, the source and goal of our faith. We, us, our. The point being, hearing from God requires maturity, and maturity happens when you live your life for something greater than you with other people who are doing the same thing. And the best way to begin doing this is by joining one of our spring growth groups that are going to be starting up here in a couple of weeks. And for those of you who have been attending a growth group now for a while, your challenge, listen, your challenge is, is to, to hear and listen that, you know, God might be calling you to host one of these growth or, or better yet, maybe even lead one of those growth groups. And some of you are like, oh, pastor, I, I, could, I could never do that. I mean, the thought of hosting a group or leading, even leading a group, that, that scares you to death. If that's you, I'm going to ask two things of you, okay? If the idea of leading or hosting a growth group intimidates you, I, I want to I ask two things of you. First, talk to someone who has led or hosted a growth group. Talk to Ryan or Jessica Whalen. On the other side of it, they were scared spitless, but they decided to do it. And, and you talk to them. I, I think that they would agree that, yeah, God has used that to not just bless them, but cause them to grow in their faith. Danny and Ronnie, Danny and Ronnie Peacock, I talked to them about it. They, we talked, they, were, they were scared. Well, how do we do that? You know, They did it, and we were sharing with them one time. It's, it's amazing. I mean, they, you wouldn't trade it, would you? You better say no. <laughs> no, seriously, talk to someone who's been on the other side of it. Because I think that they'll, they'll tell you that, no, yeah, I mean, it was scary, but man, we're so glad that we did it. So talk to someone who's hosted or led a small group. And then the second thing I would ask of you, mark Monday, January 23rd on your calendar, 7 p.m. Michelle Hutchinson's going to be hosting a, a meeting for those who have maybe pondered the idea of leading or hosting a, a growth group, but, but chickened out, or rather got scared and re reconsidered their decision. So if, if that's you, mark that down, January 23rd, 7 p.m., Michelle Hutchinson is going to be hosting a meeting. She'll kind of talk about that and kind of what that looks like. So maturity comes when we stop making excuses and start making changes. You know, you hear us talk about taking your next step. So let me ask you now, what's your next step? What is your next step? Is taking the next class, is that your next step? You know, this is how you officially join with us as a church body. But look, if this isn't where God's called you, that's fine. Hey, you know, this, our church isn't for everyone, but you got to go somewhere. Get plugged in somewhere. And if you feel like God's led you here, then you need to take that next class. Uh, join a growth group. Maybe that's, maybe that's your next step. Or maybe hosting, hosting a growth, growth group or leading one is your next step. So one final heart condition. Some of you can't hear God because your heart's polluted. Some of you can't hear God because your heart's distracted. Some of you can't hear God because your heart's immature. And then the fourth condition, this is the one you want. This is the condition you want. Verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So the last heart condition Jesus mentions is what I'm calling a prepared heart. A prepared heart. How do we do this? How do we prepare our heart? By doing these three things. First, repenting. Repenting. And, 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 and this, this isn't, you know, fire and brimstone. You better straighten up or else. Uh, repenting is just literally, the word means to go in the opposite direction. Repenting is you're going this way, you know you shouldn't be going that way. Just turn around and start going the other way. 
That's what repenting is, right? So turn and go the opposite direction. Second, refocusing. Refocusing. You prepare your heart by repenting. You prepare your heart by refocusing. And this is going to look different for all of us as well. But, but the, the, you got to make the decision to get refocused on what's really important in your life and your relationship with God. And then the third thing, reviving. Repenting. How do you prepare our hearts? Repenting, refocusing, and reviving. Ask God to bring revival to your heart. Uh, ask him to restore that first love that you used to have, that passion that you used to have when you first came to him. 2 Corinthians 7.1, the apostle says this. Let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. A few years ago, Sue and I had, had come to the place where we felt like, well, to be honest, we felt like God was finished with us here in Wellsville. We had been here quite a few years. In his book, Fresh Air, Pastor Chris Hodges talks about the spiritual doldrums. And you've heard that word doldrums before. You feel like they're in a doldrum. I feel like I'm in a doldrum. It's actually a, a nautical term. The, the word means literally a state or period of inactivity, stagnation, or depression. And, and it's a nautical term that sailors used, and it referred to those times they were out on the water with the sails up but no wind. So you're just kind of <laughs> bobbing and drifting. You ever felt like that, just kind of going through life? That's sort, of, that's sort of how we felt at that time. We were a sailboat on the water, expected to sail, but there wasn't no wind to move us along. I don't think we were depressed. Um, I don't know, maybe we were, but I know we felt like we were in a holding pattern of inactivity and stagnation. We actually tried to leave. I sent a resume to this organization that we thought would be that we thought would be a good fit for us because we knew that we wanted to continue to do ministry. We knew that we wanted whatever we did, we wanted to do together. Uh, but because of the lack of spiritual vitality here in the church, we just kind of felt like maybe we weren't cut out for pastoral leadership. So, so we went to this place and interviewed and uh, with this organization. And I came back just sure. Next time we hear from them, they're going to offer us the job. And uh, we did hear from them, but it was not. A job offer. Um, they basically said, well, sorry, you're not the right fit for us. And that kind of sent me into a, a little bit more of a tailspin into these doldrums, the spiritual doldrums. So what we did, we made a commitment to uh, begin praying and preparing our heart to hear from God because desperate people are going to do desperate things. And we did. That was, I don't know how many years ago, but we, we, we set aside some time each morning where we would take hands and pray. Say, God, surely someone can do better than this. And that wasn't false humility. We were just at a place where we kind of felt like, you know, maybe God's finished with us here. And as we began to get serious with God, setting aside some time to, to really focus on him, preparing our hearts to, to hear from him. God did begin speaking to us and showed us that he wasn't finished with us here. And that all those years of, of serving this church and this community, planting seeds day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, once we repented and got refocused, God did begin to bring revival to us. 
And, and we began, we, we, we made a pivot in, in how we approached ministry. We became more outward focused in terms of reaching the lost, trying to reach those who were far from God or unchurched or dechurched, those in our community that, that, that needed to come to God or come back to God. And little by little, didn't happen overnight, but little by little, I, we, we got a glimpse of hope. And that hope was you guys. That hope was you guys. Not that we put our hope in you, but it was just, it, it was that, that confidence that we needed that God wasn't finished with us. And, and you know, we, we never knew that we could love people as much as we love you guys. And I'm being honest when I say that. Um, it, it's just, and we're having the time of our lives right now. But see, it, it, it all began when we began to prepare our heart to hear from God. So I'm going to leave you with this statement, then I want to I pray for you. God's voice is clearest in a prepared environment. So what are you going to do to start preparing your heart? You want to hear from God? Hey, the problem isn't on God's side. He's speaking. If you're not hearing from God, you need to look in the mirror. Start preparing your heart. Start preparing your heart. Bow your heads. Father, I officially launched this 21 days of prayer with a call to heart preparedness. We repent of the pollution in our heart, pollution that we've done, pollution other people have done, and just ask, help us to surrender that to you and leave it with you, Lord. We repent of the distractions that we've allowed in our heart, things that have prevented us from, from hearing you speak to us. And we repent of the immaturity we have allowed to become a part of our lives. So help us to do those things that will help us grow up spiritually. And as we begin doing these things, to tune our ears to, to your voice, to your voice. And if, if you're here this morning or from our eCampus church watching online, you're maybe you're far from God or not as close to God as you used to be or as you want to be, I've got good news for you. You know, getting, getting close to God is the simplest thing you'll ever do. But it'll cost you. It'll cost you everything. Your life for God's life, for Jesus' life. But you know what? It's so worth it. It is so worth it. All you have to do is turn your life, your heart over to Jesus, and I'll even help you by leading you in a prayer of surrender. So if that's you, if you would just pray this with me, just say, God, thank you for sending your son Jesus Christ to die for me and, and to pay for my sins. And right now I choose to receive the forgiveness of my sins. And I surrender my life to you, my heart to you, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to know you more and serve you better from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.